Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul bringing you another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I'm so excited again to have a fantastic guest in studio with me here today. This is an old friend of mine. Well, you're not that old, but we've been friends for a long time. This is Dr. Daniel Smith. Say hello, Dan. Hello. Grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. And you know what? I've been trying to get you here for how long? <laughs> it's it's at, been a couple of years at, at least. At least years. <laughs> at least years. And you know, folks, one of the reasons that I invited my good friend Dan to be here with me today is because he has some unique perspectives on life. And Dan, you've earned those. Uh, give us a little background, will you, of just who you are, what you do, okay. so, that, so that the listeners know where we're coming from here today. All right. Um, I uh, am an Air Force physician. I, I currently serve uh, up at Hill Air Force Base. Um, mm-hmm. I'm an emergency medicine physician by training and now serve as the chief of aerospace medicine as a flight surgeon, uh, working with the pilots and their families, keeping them healthy and deployment ready so they can go to war for our country whenever they are called upon. So you're keeping America's finest fit and healthy. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping the can. healthiest guys in the country healthy. <laughs> and there have been times when you've been deployed to, to war zones where there is active combat. You've been patching up our servicemen out there in the field. Uh, you've done a little of that too, haven't you? Correct. Um, part of, uh, well, an opportunity we have as critical care docs is we participate in what are called critical care air transport teams. And what that entails is literally putting an intensive care unit in the sky in the back of a, you know, C-130 or basically an airplane of opportunity or... Hey, those are posh planes, too. I've toured them. (laughs) Have you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some are nice. The C-17s are the posh ones. Uh, uh, Yeah, but they're really, they're amazing. And basically what it has done um, is it allows you the opportunity to decompress the front lines of critically injured uh, soldiers and uh, airmen and Marines and get them back to a tertiary care center uh, so that your front lines can be prepared to take more and also mm-hmm. get that mm-hmm. critically injured person to a uh, more definitive treatment. So, And take care of them. Correct. Yeah. So you've been all over the world... Yes, Pretty I mean not. Much. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, I've been to certain okay, a lot so of places. You missed a few little places. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to Finland or not. No, Terve, <laughs> Mitakulu. Very good. Thank I you. taught Dan a little bit of Finnish a while back. Some of our listeners know that I spent a few years in Finland as a missionary, and in fact, you and I got acquainted first when we were very young adults. Uh, what twenty? 21, 22 21, years yeah. old, yeah. and we were both working at a training facility for missionaries uh, here in Provo, Utah, and got acquainted that way, and we became friends, and uh, we found some very lovely ladies to, we did, uh, indeed. Uh, to join us as life partners and spouses and the mothers of our children. You have seven children now. I do. 
Um, and they're delightful kids, all but one. Yeah, I'll, I'm kidding. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> they're good kids. They uh, they keep us they aligned. Are. They keep us entertained. So, Dan, I want to jump into some of the principles that you have observed as you've been out there, and and this could come from your military experience, from your family experience, just as you your experience as a doctor. What have you observed that makes a difference for people in this in this world? And you might have some. Um, some specific experiences that you'd like to share? I know you've given a little bit of thought as we've uh, come into this show today. Um, What's foremost on your mind that you really have noticed or that you'd like to share with our listeners? I guess the first thing that jumps out in my mind as you ask that question is um, how all of these people that you meet whether you're in Afghanistan, in Germany, in Chile, uh, wherever you go, um, people are people, and they're they're, mm. they're they're who they are, and they're lovely, and they're great. And you know, you, you sometimes hear things about people in this country, or some certain uh, defining qualities or characteristics that people have been labeled with, and you get there, and and. It's just not true. They're, mm. they're great. They're wonderful. They're doing the best they can. They're working hard. They love their families. Their families are important to them. And uh, I guess that was a pretty big surprise for me as a kid who grew up in Burbank, California his whole life, 18 years growing up, um, mm-hmm. not moving around out of the state a whole lot, and all of a sudden going around to different parts of the world and finding, uh, man, there are a lo- their cultures may be different, their priorities uh, perhaps different, but uh, their families are always key, and they're just lovely, delightful people. Mm-hmm. And that has been a neat thing for my kids to see as we've you know, traveled through Chile. We had the opportunity to live in some pretty, um, well, travel and visit some impoverished areas. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And although Chile is a wonderful place, and as far as uh, I mean, it's, I wouldn't I wouldn't consider Chile an impoverished country, but there are parts of Chile, just like there are parts of America, where um, less people are a little bit less fortunate and are working hard and doing the best they can. And these, my kids had their eyes just opened up as to uh, what's out there. Mm-hmm. And and as you noticed, there are some consistent principles. In fact, there's one that I want to talk to you about, and we were chatting about this. Oh, a week or so ago when we got together, that, well, like you were saying, you know, you find people all over the world who are just people after all. I mean, there's nothing special about being in some part of the world that changes your humanity in some way. It's all, yeah, you use the word lovely, and I like that one. Uh, sometimes people ask me how I'm doing, and I say I'm sweet and lovely as usual. <laughs> <laughs> But there's something that's just that's just beautiful and and lovable about people wherever you find them. And as you as you get past some of the the differences and get down to the similarities, uh, it, it's kind of a reminder that we're all one big we. Right, right. One of the and I guess the whole principle. Of what I was trying to say is that even though um, our leaders or our governments or maybe not seeing eye to eye or uh, they're having difficulties and um, not Mm -hmm. getting along and Mm -hmm. going to war with each other, that the people, once you get to meet the people down kind of at our level, 
man, they're great. They're, they they would they don't want to be at war. They don't they don't like war as much as we don't like war, and uh, mm-hmm. they'd much rather be with their families and playing soccer and going to school yeah. if they can and all that. So yeah, just living their lives. Right. You know, as people live their lives, uh, this is something you mentioned to me the other day that I was referring to earlier. There's this principle of, I call it paradigm. It's the way you see the world. And there are two basic choices for how you're going to see the world, either as a victim or as an agent. And that's something that you have had a chance to observe in some unique contexts. Talk about that for just a minute, what it is about that that has caught your attention, what you've noticed. I, I, I uh, really enjoy that principle. I, I think I learned it from you first listening to one of your uh, podcasts. I'm not mm. sure where I learned it from, but I, I know it was from you. <laughs> and I think this, we talked about it years ago. It, it may have been. When our kids were just little. This whole approach, and it, it reflects an attitude of a person um, how they're going to handle a certain circumstance. Um, mm-hmm. If someone has to, for instance, if someone has to sleep on the hard ground, someone's going to, one person may complain and whine and the rocks are in my back and it, this stinks and I don't like it and I'm going to have a black cloud attitude. And another person's going to think, wow, this is great. I'm mm-hmm. sleeping outside and the stars are shining, <laughs> like you know, camping. and it's wonderful. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Case in point, it was down, we were down in Chile and we we're actually helping somebody um, put a roof on their house. It was a corrugated tin, uh, air, you know, roof and kind of a very poor, humbly, humble circumstance. And um, as we tore this old roof off that was rotting and had lots of holes in it and um, all kinds of rats living in it and things oh. like that. So we tore that off and, um, and it got dark. And so we didn't uh, have time to put the new roof on. And so the, mm. pretty much his family was going to sleep without a roof and we we're trying to find some tarps and things like that. But my oldest son who was helping me with this, uh, uh, was being led by a little girl. She was about five years old and my son was just feeling really sad for this girl. She thinking, man, this poor family has to live in the circumstance. And tearing their roof apart and now uh-huh. they're going to live and uh, it was really dark and he, she was leading him through the house by the hand kind of a little flashlight and, um, and he was saying well how, how you doing and she looks up and she's oh look at the sky it's so beautiful and the stars are twinkly and my oh, son was just yeah. humbled he just thought I was feeling so sorry for this girl and this girl's just like her whole world's just opened up and she can uh-huh. see outside and the pretty stars yeah. so anyway yeah, even in the most difficult of circumstances, people can see the good if if their attitudes aligned with it. Right. And even in the best of circumstances, people can see all of the crap. Right. If their attitude is aligned with uh, it. Exactly. It's kind of I guess what uh what you choose to see and what you choose to uh prioritize and mm-hmm. And so I love I love the prince. I love heroes. I love people who can go through hard times, have extreme difficulties. And one, one guy I was, I was treating in the emergency department in uh, Landstuhl, Germany. Uh, we just had a big uh, a busload of, of patients come. And uh, these patients had been in the fighting in Fallujah. And, um, and they were, they had, they'd seen some terrible fighting and they had some terrible injuries. And I went into this one room and this soldier had just tubes and dressings and uh, what mm. we call Penrose drains and 
he just he just looked like he was, he was up to everything yeah, you can he, imagine. he was just looked like he was just ground up been through the war yeah exactly <laughs> i walked into the room and i said soldier how you doing and uh and i was just thinking oh man <laughs> and he mm-hmm. looks up and he I says can see how you're doing <laughs> he goes doc i'm at the top of my game get me back to the fight oh, you know man. and i just thought you are my hero. <laughs> uh-huh. and so this guy was just like, get me back. I want to go back. I've got, and they would often say guys that I would take care of who were not ready to go back, uh, physically that is, mm-hmm. but they were like, doc, patch me up. I got to get back. My guys are there and I want to be with them. And, uh, mm-hmm. we, we fight together, you know, and this is my team. This is my family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so those guys were heroes to me. I mean, they were, mm. they were amazing. Took me at terrible circumstances and being absolutely, uh, Valiant and mm-hmm. just heroic. Mm-hmm. As you've shared that, and it, it gives me a little bit of a tingle just to hear that. I've had some experiences where I've encountered some of our servicemen and women who have given so much to forward the cause of freedom, to protect our homeland, to protect the rights of, of humanity wherever they are in this world. And I know that you have some, some very tender and sensitive feelings related to patriotism and freedom. And I know you've seen some things that you could never forget that have just brought that home for you. Say a few words, if you would, about patriotism. You've led into it so well with talking about a hero. <laughs> well, um, I grew up, you know, watching... John Wayne movies and <laughs> things mm-hmm. with my dad, and my dad was a, a tremendous patriot. Um, and so I, I know, I just, I think there are so many of us uh, who are so grateful that we live in this land. It is an unbelievable blessing, and I think, I hope and pray that we don't take it for granted. Um, mm. Being uh, in a free land to live and worship and choose and for our children to be able to go to school where they want to, and the young women to be able to go to school, and the women to vote and to go into whatever field or career they want or um, choose to raise families. It's their choice, and it's a free choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we are so blessed and so uh, very fortunate to have that. I think we take it for granted far too much, at least... If we don't open our eyes and see that we have that freedom and that we have that that sweet privilege to choose our course, um, you've had an opportunity to get out where it's not as obvious. Absolutely, yeah, it is. It and to see and to see those lands and how those people deal with it and how they would love the opportunity to have that freedom. A lot of them don't know. They don't know mm-hmm. what that's like, and so they kind of go through um, in their cultures, and they do the best they can. I could tell you stories of uh, some of the humanitarian trips that our guys took outside the wire of our bases to go take care of. We mm-hmm. go to little villages, and, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it was the young seven-year-old girl who brought her three-year-old little sister to the doctor because the mom um, was uh, kept pretty much at the home and had so many responsibilities to take care of home who knew mm-hmm. who knew where the, the dad was he was off fighting with his mm-hmm. uh, people mm-hmm. or doing something else but um 
it was that, you know, the seven-year-old little girl that came and brought the three-year-old girl saying, and we tried to teach her, she has an ear infection, here's the medicine, this is how you're supposed to give her the medicine. Hope oh, you can wow. remember that. <laughs> oh, wow. And good luck. And so that's kind of how they, they did the best they could, though. We're going to take a brief break, and then we'll get into some, some other examples of that. joining me for the Live on Purpose radio podcast. It is truly an honor to be a part of your prosperity team. Please visit my website, drpaul.org, to get connected with other tools for you and your family. There you will find links to my weekly e-zine, Empower, Harnessing the Power of the Mind, and to the free Parental Power teleconference that I host every week with my wife, Vicki. You can also check out upcoming events, or pick up powerful information products. Feel free to contact me directly with questions, comments, or to book me for your company or private event. Email me through drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com. This is Shay Larson, ideaorbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. Forget about writing a shopping list, forget about reading labels, forget about going over your budget at the grocery store. How about a shopping cart that does all this for you? That's right, there is a new shopping cart that has a simple computer attached to it which is connected to the store's inventory database. Listen to some of the features. The cart will know if you are diabetic or have other special needs and will warn you if you are putting something in the cart that you shouldn't. You can enter your budget and the cart will show you your current tally including tax as you go. If you are trying to lose weight or be more healthy, the cart will alert you when you put high fat or sugar products in the cart. And if that doesn't impress you, how about not having to wait in checkout lines? The shopping cart knows the total and all you have to do is zip your credit card. The smart carts have been tested in the US recently and were a big hit. They should be showing up in stores in Great Britain, Australia, and the US this year. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea. Wouldn't you like to know? You probably can't bear it, so I guess I'll have to share it. I thought of it a moment Success in any endeavor does not happen by accident. Rather, it's the result of deliberate decisions, conscious effort, and immense persistence, all directed at specific goals. Gary Ryan Blair. So then we were talking a little bit during the break, and... um, Vicki and Ann are here, and they're giving some great input. Maybe you and I ought to just move out of the way and That'd put them on the mic. Probably a great idea. <laughs> My wife's a much better <laughs> conversationalist than I am. But, but Vicki said something as we were uh, just coming back on 
um, about how it must be very difficult sometimes for military personnel to see what they see and to be engaged in a conflict sometimes that isn't their own, uh, but they are enrolled in, uh, in fighting for some political cause or whatever it is. And there's a lot of discussions that people have about those things. But then separating all of that stuff out to continue to see the humanity in people, to continue to see that little kids are still little kids wherever they are. And then you shared something about some, some little school kids in Afghanistan. Well, um, when you set up in a forward surgical area, um, you treat uh, not only your own guys, you treat um, those who are... Uh, injured and, and brought to you just whoever yeah, is whoever injured. shows up a no lot matter of which team they're on correct and so you can be taking care of one of your guys you can be taking care of one of the other guys you can be taking care of little children who get caught in the middle um, and we had some experiences where we well we took casualties pretty much every day uh, during the time that I was in Afghanistan um, and unfortunately, some of those were little children who would pick up uh, pieces of unexploded ordnance in their schoolyard, things like that, and would, oh. um, yeah, and, and our guys mm. would go in, and if you know, Afghanistan has been through decades and decades of war sure. and mines, and they're one of the most mined, heavily mined countries in the world, um, but, uh, and, and unfortunately, a lot of innocents, innocent children and innocent people uh, get caught up in that, and... Mm-hmm. And our guys would go through and scour their schoolyards with our equipment and would remove upwards of 50 and 60 pieces of unexploded ordnance off of their schoolyards in some places. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, it's heartbreaking. And mm-hmm. you, if I stop to think how it happened, then it really affects me. It, my, uh, <laughs> my, it mm-hmm. drops down into my gut, kind of turns my stomach a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I have to focus on jumping in and going right to work on the patient or the casualty or whoever it is and just stabilizing and getting them to surgery or wherever they have to, to go. Um, mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. how I kind of approach that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it helps me deal with it a little bit better if I can just focus on the work at hand right now mm-hmm. and then uh, let, our <laughs> let our public relations guys and all those kind of and uh, the mm-hmm. guys who are out there scouring schoolyards and making it so that this doesn't happen, you know. Trying to clean it up so that it's more safe. Correct. For everyone, for our own troops as well as for the civilians that are there in the country. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, international handshaking that goes on, and that's why we, we do that service, is so that they know that we're there, we're there to be their friends, we're there to... And you're right, there is something... Uh, about these little children, you just you just fall in love with them, and they're just they're mm-hmm. these cute little kids mm-hmm. running around, and they're and the soldiers, and they they're kind of awed by the soldiers, and they want to talk to them. They're a little bit trepidation, a little bit shy at first, and mm-hmm. and uh, but that's overcome, and they become fast friends. I mean, you remember as a Gail Howerson and the, the candy bomber, you know, he dropped candy to the uh, mm-hmm. to the people in Germany, and they loved him, and right. he's just reaching his hands across international boundaries, if you will. I I actually interviewed. A man who was who was uh, running missions to drop toys. Um, that's awesome. That was that was a fun conversation. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. And I think it's very important to keep. If you you've got to keep that always in the forefront of your mind, the humanity and just mm-hmm. uh, guarding it uh, voraciously. Just. Mm-hmm. So I had 
I had a thought as we were talking earlier, Dan, and it, it comes back to a conversation that I remember from a man that I really admired as he talked about this concept of serving by the way. And, and what it meant is that, you know, as you're out there doing whatever it is you're doing, whatever that's been defined as, that you take opportunities to serve by the way as you're going on the side, whatever, whatever you define that as. And you mentioned earlier that sometimes, sometimes the troops would go out and do humanitarian kinds of service missions mm-hmm. while they were out there. I think your family has been involved in some of these. Is that right? We have. Um, and that's been a marvelous experience for us. As a matter of fact, my uh, oldest son, um, during his, our time in Chile, uh, there was a time when he was just, he was having a hard time. He was having a hard time um, with friends. He was having a hard time kind of growing up in that area and just kind of figuring out who he was and what he was supposed to be doing. And And the only times that I could truly honestly say that he was happy, genuinely joyful, mm-hmm. was when we were serving. And mm-hmm. one of those times, uh, we had the opportunity to go down to a little city called Chiyan, where there is a little orphanage there uh, mm-hmm. with 40 orphans, age zero to five years old. And um, my daughter actually set it up where she collected a bunch of toys for Christmas and got a bunch of her friends to send her some things. And, and we were able to go down to Chiyan and uh, spend two or three days over the Christmas uh, holiday with these orphans. And there's my son with three little orphans in his lap, and he's reading them this book in Spanish, wow. uh, and he, just joyful, you know. And they were just joyful to have attention because there's one attendant for every 10 children uh, day after day after day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if we had a... There's a lady down there who just who set this up for us, and it was just a remarkable experience. You know what, Dan? I am... You're As you can see, I'm getting a mic in front of Anne because I think some perspective here from the mom absolutely might be valuable. I love what you have to say. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh, sure. But this lady, <laughs> she's got some. Do you have her mic on, Brennan? Anne. Yes. Talk to us here. And welcome to Live on Purpose Radio, by Thank the way. Thank you. I was enjoying listening, but I'm happy to uh, participate. Yeah, let's have you chime in just a little bit about this um, Tell us about this orphanage and some of the experiences that your family had with that. Okay. Well, first of all, you're talking about this concept of, by the way, mm-hmm. um, we became aware of this orphanage through some friends of ours that lived in that local area. It was about five hours south of where our family lived in Santiago. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided that we were going to go down and work in this orphanage for Christmas one year. And um, we wanted to take to this orphanage as much as we could by way of learning materials, um, baby clothing, uh, books, blankets, diapers, donations. And so mm-hmm. we elicited help from the families who attended our international school there in Santiago. And uh, mm-hmm. the response was amazing. And we took boxes and boxes down with us um, to meet the needs of these children in the orphanage. And so people were so, so thrilled to be helping. And it just became kind of a larger-than-life sort of experience. Um, so we, we went down and we spent four days there. Um, we slept at our friend's house, but every day, all day long, 10 to 12 hours, we went to the orphanage. Um, these children were so precious and they, they were literally abandoned. Some of them were, um, 
left by the wayside. Some were left mm. in trash bins. Some of them had disabilities as a result of fetal alcohol syndrome. Some had been abused. One of the little guys had scars on his stomach. He was only about 18 months old. Um, he had been a victim of some ritualistic kind of activities that his parents were involved in. Mm. Many of the, the parents of these little ones um, had... Um, addictions to drugs and alcohol or just simply did not have the means to provide for these children. And so, so our part was very one-on-one. It was very hands-on and that was the beautiful part. Um, Our seven children marched right into that orphanage and in the first, excuse me, every time we think of this experience is just very, very near and dear to our hearts. Um, Mm -hmm. Within the first five minutes, every one of our children was ha- was holding one of the other little children in the orphanage, oh. loving them, helping them. And so our children helped to bathe their children, to brush their hair, to brush their teeth, to dress them, to diaper them. Um, I, we were talking during the break about their nutrition. These little ones have nothing more than a, a porridge, really. It, it's kind of like a very thin cream of wheat that, that mm-hmm. we would eat for breakfast mm-hmm. or really not want for breakfast. They had that breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, they had no fresh fruits and vegetables, no meat, no protein of any kind. Um, and so we would you know, help distribute the food, help feed the children. Um, they had a small activity room. They did not have an outdoor play yard, which was very sad, but we went into the activity room and read to them and played ball with them, sang with them, provided a Christmas for them on that Christmas day, sang Christmas carols to them, brought a toy for each one individually, and they were so excited. And as we left, we had a five-hour drive. It was about the longest drive we've ever taken back to Santiago. And we allowed each of our children to share their feelings about what they had learned and and what it was like to truly serve people who were truly in need. And every one of them cried. We all cried together and, and, Mm. and all of us agreed that was the best Christmas we had ever had. And we forget sometimes the intensity of the needs that are around us. You Mm -hmm. know, in in our country, we don't have the orphanage system. We have foster care and, and other such things in place. Um, those needs are still out there. Um, Mm-hmm. So that was that was really a treat. That was really one of the most meaningful experiences that we had while we were in Chile. They're beautiful people, and the the adults that ran the center were lovely. We'll go back to that word. They were they were gracious. They loved those children. They were just very very shorthanded. And they were overworked and just doing the best they, they could, and they were mm-hmm. so appreciative. Of any and and since we've been there, it's been a kind of a neat thing. We went home and we told some of our friends, and so the next couple of years they went down and it's just kind of, and they've taken oh, wow. things like washing machines and mm-hmm. dryers and blankets and it's just kind of snowballed. And, and I just talked to the lady who uh, kind of let us down there for the very beginning. And she says, it just continues to roll in this, these opportunities for service for yeah. this lower orphanage mm-hmm. has been going. Well, I think great, anything so. is like that. I think everyone wants to serve, wants to help wherever we may be by mm. the way, you know, and sometimes we need a venue. We need to, know the needs better or have someone, you know, show us what those needs are. Um, but yeah, that, that was really a privilege. So while you're doing whatever it is you're doing, you can find these opportunities for service. And Anna, as you were sharing that, how touching that is that, and how powerful for your children. They will never forget that. Mm-mm. You'll never forget that. No. And what were you doing in Chile? <laughs> yeah, you know, here you, you had your assignment there. <laughs> you were assignment. you were doing your thing, but here's a meaningful experience that happened. By the way, mm-hmm. yeah. and there are always opportunities to do that, no matter where you are. I don't care if you're in in Chile serving your your country, 
in the military or if you're working a corporate job in Des Moines, Iowa or whatever. Right. Yeah, for us, it's always it, uh, probably the most important part has been the people that we've met wherever mm-hmm. we've gone, who we remember, who we love, who have become our dear friends. Mm-hmm. We really um, stay from in touch over. with. Mm-hmm. And we, we know we go, we do our job, we do the best we can. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's the people that uh, have brought home the precious jewels, if you will. So if we combine two powerful principles here, and there, there have been a number of principles that have surfaced as we've had our discussion here today. But people, lovely people. <laughs> <laughs> They're lovely people. Well, we may title this podcast something along those lines. <laughs> lovely people and attitude as you choose your attitude in whatever circumstances you find yourself to be in, whatever context you find yourself to be in. Choose your attitude. Focus on the people Serve by the way. And you're going to have a fantastic experience wherever you are. You'll see things that will touch you, that will move you, that will change your life perhaps. And you have, haven't you? Definitely. No, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think what you, the point of being, and it is a choice. It really is mm-hmm. a choice. And perhaps it's how you've been raised. It's what you've been exposed to. But the people who stand out in my mind uh, as people that I want to emulate myself after are just those who are so joyful and so happy. And we met them living on dirt floors and with corrugated tin roofs and um, Mm -hmm. in shacks. Mm -hmm. And they're happy, they're joyful, and it's a choice. They choose to be. And life has thrown them some pretty hard curveballs. I've met, you know, you've, you've met them and I've met them, people with cancer or devastating illnesses or tragic injuries. And they come out unbelievably uh, powerful and mm. great and optimistic and upward trending mm-hmm. and forward focused. Um, it's the people that start to think about me and if I focus on myself and that's, that's something I try, you know, we try to work with our children and we say, you know, whenever you guys are feeling sad or down or angry or mad or pouty, it's probably because you're thinking about yourself a little too much and you need to turn that look outward and start focusing on somebody else and helping somebody else and watch the clouds dissipate into sunshine right before your eyes. It's, that's mm. the principle of service that I think happened in our lives as we, as we helped and helped our children figure this out and as mm-hmm. we're figuring it out. What a great example. And, and thank you so much for sharing those experiences and for piping in and we <laughs> couldn't you. let you no, sit off to the side for too long and and dr dan smith a good friend of mine and i finally got you on live on purpose radio <laughs> i hope we don't scare away all your listeners thank you so much for for joining us here today and for sharing that and on behalf of of myself my family all of our listeners in a grateful country thank you for your service Continue to serve, everybody. Serve by the way. Go out there and live on purpose.